The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word and my life will never be the same again because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Welcome to church. Man, I'm excited. Who else is glad to be here? Yes. Would you rather be here than in jail? Anybody? That usually works. Amen. Get you excited. (laughs) Praise God. Well, today is our Vision Sunday, and I'm excited. Every year we get to do this. We get to talk about the vision of Faith Hill Church uh, so that we can all, uh, uh, you know, be on the same uh, a path we can all, you know, uh, focus on the same thing and uh, uh, make things happen and change people's lives. Ultimately, that's why uh, we are here. But the, you know, the question you may be asking is why Vision Sunday? Uh, to answer that quickly, let us go to Habakkuk chapter number two, and I'm going to read from verse two. Habakkuk chapter number two, verse two. I'm reading in the New King James Bible, and this is what the Lord said to Habakkuk. Uh, then the Lord answered me and said, "Write the vision." And make it plain on tablets. I was saying in the first service, you know, Habakkuk was the first man to ever own an iPad. Listen, listen to it again. He said, make it plain on tablets, tablets, you know. Then he may run, he who reads it. So one of the reasons we, we share the vision, we like to make it plain, is so that uh, we can uh, get to uh, run. You know, running is a posture of passion. And God, is, you know, wants us to live our lives filled with passion. And so when he says, write it down, make it plain, so that whoever sees it runs, he's saying he wants for people to see the vision and get passionate about it, get excited, get behind it, uh, so that they can live their lives uh, filled with passion. God, you know, uh, uh, doesn't like, uh, you know, lukewarm very much. You know, if you read at the end of the book, he says uh, they, of another church, he said they were neither hot nor cold. Uh, they were lukewarm, and because of that, you know, he didn't have anything to do with them. And uh, so he wants us to live on fire. He wants us to get excited about something, and uh, that's the reason why uh, we have to uh, share about Vision Sunday, so we can all get excited about the vision, you know, that the Lord has uh, given uh, uh, to us. Man, I'm excited about this vision. I was saying this is uh, the greatest vision. I believe this is the greatest vision uh, right here on the earth, better than any other vision I've ever come across. I believe that. I believe it's better than Apple. I believe it's better than Tesla. I believe it's better than going to the moon. Man, I believe. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be here. I'd be applying to work at Apple because I want to run with something meaningful. Amen. In fact, I believe so much in this vision. I think every church should have this as their vision. (laughs) Amen. That's how much I love this vision. And so uh, it was 24th of November, 2014. Uh, You know, I was in my sleep. I was, you know, in La La Land dreaming. And the Lord woke me up and said, hey, uh, uh, you know, 
pray. And so we started, I started praying, having a, a, an intimate uh, time with the Lord. And so I went to a different room uh, and I started spending time with the Lord. And man, I started writing. The Lord just began to download some things uh, to me. And I started writing and writing. Man, I couldn't stop writing. I mean, I was writing uh, as the Holy Spirit was uh, ministering. And this is some of the vision that we're going to be sharing uh, with you uh, this morning that the Lord gave me on that uh, beautiful uh, Monday morning it was. And so let's go now to Proverbs chapter number 29, uh, verse 18. Here's another reason why we should uh, share uh, about the uh, vision. It says in uh, Proverbs 29, 18 in the King James Bible, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Uh, if you read it in the NIV, it says where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. In other words, people uh, lose their discipline. Uh, they begin to live any kind of way. If you read it in the New Living Translation, the NLT, it says where there is no vision, people run wild. So, you know, vision is very important because it gives us a track to run on, all of us to run on, on, on that track. And, uh, you know, part of why we like to share this vision is so that everybody can be on the same page. It'll be a sad day uh, for you to come to an awesome place like this, and then you start running, uh, 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 only for someone to call you back, hey, you're running in the wrong direction. <laughs> It's this way, you know, and after you've covered so much ground, we don't want you to do that. And so we share the vision so that we can all run in the same direction and, you know, so that you can also put uh, your fingerprint on this vision. Ultimately, that's our desire. You know, our desire is for every person here and those watching online to be able to put their own fingerprint on the vision and say, hey, we did it. Together, we change lives uh, together. That's ultimately uh, our goal, and that's our heart and our desire. Can I get an amen? amen. And so I said all of that to say this, uh, that this is our vision. Our vision is uh, so simple. After all of that writing, you know, the Holy Spirit then narrowed it to three things that, you know, we can all understand. And our vision as Faithful Church is that is just three words. Word, transform, engage. Yes, that's the vision. Three words, word, transform, engage. You may be thinking, what is this about? Well, we are about to unpack it for you. Uh, the word there is the primary word that you see uh, in our vision, and that's the foundation uh, that everything we do here at Faith Hill Church is built upon. Scripture says in Psalm 11 verse 3, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So we need a solid foundation to stand on if we're going to do something meaningful uh, for the Lord. And for us, uh, that foundation is the Word of God. Man, we stand on the word. If someone gets born again today, the foundation that we're going to give them for their uh, uh, walk with the Lord is the word. It's the gospel. We know that if you give someone the word, man, they will be successful. Amen. It says in 2 Peter chapter number 1, 16 to 20, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory, and when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So the apostle Peter is talking about the experience that he had uh, at the Mount of Transfiguration. That's what is, uh, it is known as now. Uh, while they were at the Mount of Transfiguration, there was such a glorious uh, uh, intimacy with the Lord that Jesus was transfigured. 
Scripture says his face began to uh, shine, and uh, it was as bright as the sun. It began to shine as light and was as bright uh, as the sun. And uh, so this is Peter. He's experiencing this. I mean, he saw it with his own eyes. And this is what he begins to say in verse 18. And he says, this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. But, verse 19, he says, we also have a more sure word of prophet. What could be more sure than experiencing such a glorious event at the Mount of Transfiguration? I mean, he saw it with his own physical eyes and he experienced it in this physical realm. He said, I saw it. I didn't read it in the newspaper. I didn't, you know, see it on the internet. No, I saw it with my own eyes. And yet, he says in verse 18, verse 19, we have a more sure word of prophecy. What could be more sure than that? He says, we have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day is dawn and the day star arises in your heart. Knowing this, that pro- no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. And so essentially what the Apostle Peter is saying is, man, we, ex- we had an awesome experience at the Mount of Transfiguration, but there's something more sure than that. There's something more dependable than that. See, if you just go with the nat- supernatural, that's what we call it, if you just go with something that will you know, uh, 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 entice your Phys- uh, eyes and your physical faculties, man, you could get swayed. You remember the story of Moses uh, with Pharaoh? When he went to see Pharaoh, he went with his rod and he threw it down and it turned into a snake. And then Pharaoh's witches were like, man, we can do that too. So if you are just going with the natural, man, you can be deceived, amen? But the only thing that's more sure than the things that happen in the natural is the sure word of prophecy. It is God's word, and this is why it is our foundation as a church, as faithful church. We look to God's word for sustenance, amen? It says in Mark chapter number 4, verse 14, and the sower sows the word. That was the parable of the sower who went sowing, you know, seed, some fell on stony ground, some fell on thorny ground, some fell on hard ground, and some fell on good ground. And then he said, that seed which the sower was sowing is the word of God. And if you look up that word, word is the Greek word sperma, and it's talking about a seed that will produce after its kind. And so when we say as a church that we're sticklers for the word, we're not pharisaical about it. We're not sticklers of the word to get some points from the Bible to argue on Facebook. Because that's not going to change anybody. We're looking at sowing a word that will produce after its kind. To some 30, to some 60, but to most a hundredfold. That's our heart. We're looking to God's word as seed that will produce fruit. And so, you know, uh, for Pastor C and I, our desire is to see uh, people come in one way in the building, in the church, in the community, and leave a completely different person. And we're going to share some transformational stories uh, within the community, but this is our desire. So the Word of God is not to be used as a debate tool. Amen. It's seed that you can plant in your heart. I tried it uh, many years ago when I was still younger in the Lord. Man, I would go on Facebook and we would go back and forth with people just debating, you know, but you're wrong. This is what it should be. You are wrong. And I tried it. After about 15 back and forths, I put an altar call right at the bottom. I said, is anyone who would like to receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior? And no one responded. You know why? 
Because just debating to try and prove that you know more than another person, it's not going to change anybody's life. And so, you know, this is why Scripture encourages us not to get involved with unnecessary uh, arguments and debates, but to look to God's Word as seed that can produce after its kind. You know, the best way to convince the world is is to walk around with the branches of your life laden with juicy old mangoes. Buru mangoes. You know, imagine just walking around with mangoes and people, man, they're looking at you like, man, this is, is fruit. Their marriage is working. Hey, their job, their career is progressing. Hey, their kids are raised in the counsel of the Lord. Man, you can't dispute fruit. And so that's why we look to God's word as the spammer, as the seed that will produce after its kind. Can I get an amen? And so we must plant this word with this intention to see people's lives change, not to just bash people. Amen. John 6 verse 63, Jesus speaking. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Man, God's word is life and it produces after its kind. And so the foundation of everything we do is uh, uh, the word of God. And that's why the word, if you see on that vision, the first thing you see there is word. And the second thing you see is the word transform. That's the second thing you see uh, on the vision. So it is word. And essentially what we believe as a church is that if we give the word, if we teach the gospel, it's going to produce some transformation. There's going to be some radical change. Amen. Amen. Scripture says in Romans 12 verse 2, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove or manifest what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Man, I believe with all my heart that the word of God taught right will bring transformation. It will change lives. Amen? And this is what God wants to do in this community. He wants every single one of us to grasp this and to realize, hey, we have some work to do, and that work is to get nations transformed. Can I get an amen? Amen. And when we get them transformed, man, they're going to start to live. They're going to start to enjoy what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And so we have a few uh, transformation stories that we're going to share with you uh, that uh, we've put together from some of the members, some of the people that connect with the church. Some of them are in the community. Some of them are in the uh, uh, wider global community. And uh, so this is uh, what they had to say about the vision and Faith Hill Church. And so this is John. And the reason we share this is, is very important. Someone once asked me, he said, if, if the church that you pastor was to disappear uh, from the face of the earth, would anyone notice? I believe these would notice, amen? And so this is why we want to share some of their stories. And some of you would notice, like, wait a minute, where's that church? Where are those crazy folk? And so this is uh, John and Marianne, and this is what they say. The faithful package is amazing. Uh, when we are welcomed at church each week, the warmth, the love we receive from everyone is magnetic. Then as we praise and worship him, led by our worship team, God's love is tangible, preparing us to receive his teaching. That's John and Mary. They may be watching. Hey, John. <laughs> and this is uh, Mash and Ruth, Mashamanda. And if some of you remember Mash, you know, he was uh, healed of COVID last year, raised from the dead, uh, basically. Uh, so he 
uh, I think he started to lose uh, his uh, blood saturation, oxygen saturation, at one point when he had COVID and pneumonia. And so, I mean, he was going down real fast. They had to put him on a, a ventilator. And then uh, when he went on the ventilator, he was in a coma, right? And then he had a glorious experience. He came and shared that testimony. You should check it out. Uh, he actually uh, saw Jesus. Christ, you know, uh, and he saw him as a big shadow. I may be saying it wrong. Man, you should watch the testimony. But he said he saw him as a big uh, shadow of light that came into the hospital room where he was. And then it kissed him. He kissed him. Jesus kissed him on the forehead. And immediately, that's when he came back to life. It was after he had flatlined, I think, for about 30 or 35 seconds. I mean, he gives the detail in the in the testimony that he shared, and the Lord, you know, just healed him radically, you know. And there's some things that he didn't share in the testimony because he said, you know, Pastor T, I didn't want people to think I'm crazy. So he came to my office the following week. He said, man, I need to tell you some more, some, some of the stuff that I saw. And so when he came, he said, man, I saw, I think I may have seen God. <laughs> you know, that's what he said to me. I think, and I said to him, what happened? He said, man, I saw the, the big guy sitting on the throne, and, uh, and there were other bigger guys, you know, who were sitting around, standing around him. And man, they were not missing. He said, these guys had muscles and they were swinging. And he said, dude, they were not missing, you know. <laughs> and, and what makes uh, Mash's testimony so powerful is that, you know, before that, he's not a church guy. You know, Mash is not. In fact, the, the, the first time he ever came to church was, you know, at one of our family fun days. And uh, so we were going to have a family fun day on a Sunday morning. We were not going to have church, just a big hangout, picnic, you know, with the whole church. And so he calls me. He said, man, I heard you guys are doing this thing about family. And I said, yeah, we are. He said, man, can I come? I said, yeah, sure, you should come. He said, but can I bring my wine? I said, oh, for sure, you can bring it. God is not phased by it. I mean, it's not like he's going to fall off the throne. Oh, look, there's wine. <laughs> and so he brought it. And I mean, he's not the church. He comes on Easter. You know, you see him on Easter. And uh, last Sunday he was here and I was surprised. I said, man, you're in church. He said, man, <laughs> But what I like about their testimony is that he's not a church guy, yet grace found him. Man, that makes it good. That God is not looking at your church register before he heals you. He's looking at what Jesus did on the cross. And because Jesus did something, a complete full work, you can receive of the Lord. Man, it's all by grace. I haven't even seen Jesus, and some of you haven't. And yet I'm in church 52 weeks every year. I haven't been afforded the privilege. The Lord said to me, he said when I, when I complained about that, you know, he said to me, don't worry, we can make it happen. I said, no, I was just playing. I said, I said Lord, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. You know, I'll see you when the time comes. But, but their story is really awesome. And, and I like it. And Ruth is a woman of faith. Because when the doctors called her, they told her, hey, listen, you're lying to the kids. You need to tell the kids the, the truth that they're not going to have a dad and that, he, you know, this situation is a In fact, you should bring the kids to come and say they are goodbyes. And Ruth stood her ground and she said, not my husband. She said he will not die, but he will live to declare the works of the Lord. And she stood, man, she was a powerful intercessor, released her faith. And guess what? Her husband is alive and well today, prospering. God is prospering him. Amen? And so they say faith is a life enabler that has given us a platform through which we receive the word in an easy-to-digest format. It's an app. 
uh, that has helped us to know God and cultivate our relationships with him, it has been a richly fulfilling experience. That Ruth and Mash, let's put our hands together for them. Praise God. And this is Karim and Mignonette Bailey. They say, we are so thankful of Faith Your Church for opening our eyes to the gospel of grace. Man, this story touches me because they were, I mean, here's the word coming from a little place, Eagle's Nest, in four ways, reaching someone in the middle of the city in Los Angeles. I mean, the word knows no limits. Amen? And it's this gospel of grace that will change people's lives. Amen? And so that's their testimony. And uh, I already said it. I may as well say it. You know, in the second service, they're going to hear about it anyway. This couple, they've been waiting a long time, and uh, they're having a baby. I said in the first service, I don't know if it's confidential. (laughs) I'll ask them after. They're having a baby, and uh, miraculous, miraculous. They're leaders at the church in Durban, and this is what they say, that faith is church. In fact, Durban, we had some carries. Uh, Were you guys well looked after? We need to have a report from Pastor Dan. Oh, praise God. They got the best biryani from Pastor Dan Zanvillo. says at Faith Hill Church, Durban, Selena and I have been blessed with sound biblical teaching and a loving spiritual family. And our life has been transformed with the blessings that come from relying on God's word, speaking life into every situation, and serving in God's house. All we say is thank you, Jesus. We have some more? Shepherd and Miriam, all the way from Mutare, Arari. This, uh, Mutare, Zimbabwe. Mutare, Zimbabwe. Faith Your Church came as a lifeline for our family. We had been suffocating in religion and saved and stuck until God gave us this gift of a healthy church family. We have uh, found freedom, what we have found freedom to be and to become all that God has given us in Christ. We see every day how the word is taught, uh, comes alive in our own experience, and that of fellow believers around us. Thank you, Pastors uh, Tafara and Chipo and all the leaders at Faith Hill Church. Awesome. So they, they work, I think they run the Karis Bible College in Mutari there. They are the directors there. Lovely couple, uh, Shepherd and Miriam. We love them. Praise God. Uh, Lisa Wentworth in New Hampshire. She says, I was introduced to this ministry via YouTube. I received so much freedom from hearing the word. Uh, through the finished uh, work, I think, and the New Covenant Lens taught by Faith Hill Church. That's Lisa. Uh, is there anyone else? Yes! That's Dillian's daughter, actually. She's based in, uh, I used to call it Arkansas. It's Arkansas. So that's Arkansas, okay? Don't tell anybody. The pastor didn't know how to pronounce Arkansas. I used to go, some of you laughing at me, but you were thinking Arkansas, right? You're like, yeah. You just didn't say it out loud. <laughs> this pastor's uh, teaching was so rich in truth and life that it literally poured life and light into my very uh, dark situation. And so these are the statistics that they gave to us, you know, charts and the media. Let's put our hands together for the media team. This is the statistic that we got uh, from uh, charts and the media team. Uh, this is just for SoundCloud, Chucks. This is just for SoundCloud, only for SoundCloud. So this is just for SoundCloud. We couldn't get the iTunes and all the other you know, platforms. Uh, but this is just for uh, SoundCloud. That's the audio. So we get our most plays are in the U.S., uh, 15,900, uh, I think. 
uh, that's in the last 12 months in South Africa. We got the bronze medal. Is that the, no, the silver, silver medal. Uganda got the bronze medal. And we got Switzerland there. Uh, we got the UK, we got Ireland, we got Zimbabwe, we got Botswana, we got Belgium and uh, Spain. This is just the top 10. Yeah, we, I think you gave us a list with uh, Japan, Singapore. We actually have partners from Singapore who uh, contribute financially. We uh, have India, partners from India that contribute uh, financially, Belize, and all these different places, Trinidad and Tobago. Man, it's just awesome what the Lord is doing through this broadcast, thanks to COVID. Because we were not this tech savvy if you came two years ago. You remember, we used to never go live, you know, for, for anybody. We would go live with my cell phone, and we were like, hey, if you're really, really serious about your relationship with the Lord, you ought to be here. <laughs> we didn't realize that some of these people were out of the country. And so, you know, COVID really pushed us to uh, uh, start thinking about all these things that you see running. And man, the media team has been doing a fantastic job just putting it together so we can reach uh, the world. Amen. And so these are some of the transformation stories. Uh, another one I got at the office two weeks ago uh, was uh, uh, someone, some doctor, you know, who watches online. She's never been here physically. As she was prescribing, I don't know what the real medical problems were. As she was prescribing, you know, uh, medicine for someone at uh, uh, consultation rooms, one of the things she also prescribed was the Faith Hill Church podcast. She told them, she said on top of taking these once every three times, uh, three times, uh, three times after meals every day, man, you ought to listen to this podcast and praise God. The person or the doctor, one of them is now in life group. The person is now in life group at Jabu's life group and they're doing really well. Amen. So the gospel and the gospel, you know, is the gospel, right? He sent his word and it healed them. So, man, the gospel will heal people. It, it will change lives. Praise God. And another one was, uh, yeah, we have a video. But another one was uh, uh, the security guards here, the security team. I mean, when the community came, the church came, uh, you know, from just interaction with some of you. And, man, like, this thing is, uh, uh, is really, uh, uh, it's just, uh, what is it when you, when, when, when you have a cough and the it, it's contagious. Yeah, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. It's this thing is contagious. Man, when you got the gospel in you, it's yeah. contagious. And so these guys, man, they, 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 were help they couldn't help but notice this there's something different about these people. Yeah. And so the one time, I think Q was driving in and he heard them. They tuned in to the live broadcast and they're little, you know, secure. And the next Sunday or the few Sundays after, that, he was right in church. He said, man, he knocked off at 6, went home, washed, changed came back. He said, man, I'm going to be in church. And the other Sunday, the lady came in a uniform. I don't know how she did that, but you know, <laughs> she was here. Praise God. She probably had knocked off. Well, yeah, that's the story. That's my story, and I'm sticking with that. <laughs> or tea break, or lunch. She was at lunch. <laughs> and so she came, but hey, I like those stories, you know, because that, that means the community, you know, functions in love. Uh, we don't segregate. You know, we don't look at your social class before we love on you. Everybody gets some love. Amen? And so I just love uh, hearing this story. We have a quick video for you, one of our testimonies uh, from across the pond. And uh, you guys ready? Let's go. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Glenda. 
praise God, and she's been telling me all about her um, success she's had in business and things. But one of the things she's been telling me is she has been tuning into Faithfield Church. So you've been watching Pastors Chief and Defara at Faithfield Church, and why do you like Faithfield Church? Oh man, they're so powerful and so anointed, and they encourage me every day. And I love Chipo's confessions on how to have better ways of working and intellectual property and. She's a whole big another testimony to women out there in the marketplace. Thank you, Chipo, for doing that. Tapara, for your word and for your study. I mean, it's reaching the world. It's reaching me. It's reaching my family. It's making an impact on my community and upon all my legacy of my children and grandchildren. Wow, so powerful, Glenna. Thanks for sharing that. I'll tell you what, Faithfield Church, Pastors Defara and Chipo Bataya, doing a great job down there in Johannesburg. Glenda's a testimony. She lives here in the States, so 9,000 miles away from Johannesburg, yet receiving ministry from Pastors Chipo and Defara and all the, all the Faithfield families. You watch online. You were saying you watch online every Sunday. You watch online, Faithfield Church. So you have viewers, Faithfield, from all around the world. If you don't know Faithfield Church, check them out. Go to Faithfield Church, praise God. Google them. You can find them on our website. And we're here at The Cure having a great time, but I just wanted to give you that testimony from Glenda about how pastors Chipo and Defara have really helped her. So thanks for sharing, Glenda. Appreciate You're it. Thank you. Bless you all. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And so the, the word is going far and wide, and we're reaching people all across uh, the, the, the globe, and we thank God for the opportunity for us to be able to do that. Man, I just love how the gospel, you know, I mean, they, God doesn't look at the vessel that's doing the delivery. Because if he did, I'll be disqualified. You know, I, you know, I didn't do well at school. They kicked me out of public speaking. I mean, there's so many negatives on my CV. But God, thank God he doesn't look at what you have before he can use you. He just wants an open vessel that's willing uh, to just let the Holy Spirit flow through them and it will reach the world. Amen? And so that's the transformation stories and we really are seeing some transformation in our community. And so after someone has been given the word and they've uh, received some of this transformation, how can they engage? How can they put their fingerprint on the vision? Uh, we now go to the third word uh, that we see in our vision and this word is engage. You know, and we would love for every single one of you and those of you online, uh, you know, to think about how you can engage with the vision. Uh, that's, you know, uh, Faith Hill Church, the vision we are sharing with you. And really, before I even talk about this, this is where leaders are created. Uh, God, when he was giving us this vision, he told us that the first phase of the vision was to plant uh, 10 churches in 10 different cities. Now, you can't plant uh, turn churches in 10 different cities if you don't focus on training and developing leaders and giving them the DNA and the faithful culture so that when they go out there, they're able to uh, weather the storms. Because when you go into, you know, planting a church and ministry, it's enemy territory, okay? Things are going to be thrown at you. And so we want to make sure we train leaders, soldiers that can go out there and be able to weather the storm. And so the best way we know how to do it is to give you an opportunity to engage. Someone say engage. Man, when you engage in these four different pillars that we're going to share with you, it's going to train you to become a solid leader. Man, wherever you go, you may not be called to be a, a pastor or to plant a church or to be in ministry or anything, but if you engage in these four pillars, I believe it makes you a better leader even in your business. It makes you a better leader even at work. It's gonna, it does something to you. And the first part of uh, engaging is uh, uh, we believe in missions. And what I mean by that is we believe in being externally focused 
and not internally focused. So uh, high priority problems at Faith Hill Church, you know when you're dealing with problems and you classify them, uh, what we call high priority problems are problems that have to do with reaching the community. If it's got to do with the color of the carpet, it's, you know, it's neither here nor there. It's not going to change anyone's life. We're not going to invest uh, money in it. We're just not going to pay it any attention. If it's because you know, someone's baby shower, someone else didn't attend, and you know, it's, you know, we just want to reach people. That's what we're trying to do. Can I get an amen? amen. So you know, for you to be a strong, solid leader, you have to be externally focused. Just thinking about how can we reach more people. And when you do that, man, it develops you into a kingdom leader. The second way you can uh, engage is through giving. Someone say giving. You engage through uh, cultivating a lifestyle of generosity. This is very important. As a church, our culture is we love to give and we love to participate in giving. As a church, we partner with, uh, uh, I think now, all the Caris Bible uh, College schools in, uh, in, in Southern Africa. We, we're still uh, going to go to Uganda, but our heart is to partner with all the, the schools on the continent of Africa because we believe in what they're doing and we want to give uh, towards that. You know, and uh, that's our culture. You know, uh, personally, Chipo and I, we found that when you become generous, when you learn how to give, it develops you uh, as a leader. You know, uh, one of the things I tell you know the staff, my pastors, uh, when we plant them is, you know, when we plant you, this is why this is important. You know, uh, we tell them, we say, when we plant you, uh, you're gonna get a hundred people who are just like you. And and if you are a sloppy you know, a person, if you are a, a, a greedy, stingy person, uh, man, you, you're going to get a hundred people who are exactly like you. When we plant you into Cape Town, man, they will be coming by the thousands. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And they will be so stingy, you won't even believe it. You would have to take 16 offerings just to, you know, get things done. You'll have to close doors and say, no one is leaving. Until we raise this money for this piano. You, I know you, you work for a bank. How much are you giving? And you, you are slacking. You are not serious about the things of God. Man, I'm telling you, if, see, because ministry is not what you're trying to get people to do. Ministry is who you are, and you're discipling others to become the same. This is why the Apostle Paul could say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So real discipleship is you living in a way uh, that, you know, you said contagious, living in a way that influences others to want to be better. So true Bible discipleship is more action than it is word. So if you want givers, just start giving. I told my pastor, I said, man, when we plant you, you're going to, the other pastor I told him, I said, man, when we plant you, you're going to have people like you. He said, I don't want people like me. <laughs> we said, so what kind of people would you want? He said, I want people like Jesus. We said, no, this doesn't work like, you know, uh, the magnet. Where opposite attracts. This one in the spiritual, it's the like attracts. You attract people who are like you. And so if you are not missional in your thinking, man, you attract petty people. And they will become by the thousands. They will show up and it will be a petty party every Sunday. You'd have to deal with petty issues. And if you want to be great, you have to vehemently reject pettiness. And how do you do that? You become externally focused, right? And generosity has to be uh, a part of uh, who you are. If you don't do this, 
man, your congregation will be like, Pastor, we know you ain't, you ain't living right. You're busy telling me this, telling me that. Practice what you preach. Remember Barry White? Yeah. That could preach. <laughs> Amen? The best way to lead is to become. And so if you want to become, uh, uh, get, get to engage. Put that 4x4, that, that four four, engage that 4x4 four four gear in missions, giving. The third one is serving. Why? We believe that serving uh, others will develop us as leaders. Jesus said, the greatest among you is the one who serves. My greatest fear. The pastor has a fear? Yeah. My, my greatest fear is this. I'll share it with you. Your family. It's family Sunday. My greatest fear. Is, do we have any visitors? Oh, I don't know if I can. Let me share it. Just act like you didn't hear it. My greatest fear is this. Is that we plant someone who hasn't really caught on, on the serving heart. And then, you know, one day we visit the church in Port Elizabeth. And we show up. And when we get there, we see, oh, man, dude, there's eight amaberas. You know, he's sitting on his big old throne at the front, and, you know, the other armor is doing his nails, his pedicure. The other one is doing his manicure. The other one is putting on. Ooh, where did he get this? That's my greatest fear. It's not a part of who we are. We like to serve each other. Amen? So my greatest fear is that we plant someone who hasn't really caught on the DNA of the kingdom. It's actually not faithful DNA. It's just the DNA of the kingdom, which is the greatest among you. If you want to be great, learn how to... Serving opens up doors of opportunity. Amen. Man, my pastor for 15, 20 years, man, I would look for every opportunity uh, to serve him. And I'm st I'm st I still look for opportunities to serve people. And man, I cannot tell you how incredible doors... Uh, that has opened. When Billy Earhart was coming to uh, South Africa, you know, he sent me an email, his EA sent me an email, he said, hey, part of the itinerary is that Billy is going to go to Zimbabwe. And so I sent him an email back and I said, hey, listen, Billy, uh, I'd like to come with you to Zim. He said, for what? I said, man, I just want to serve. He said, oh, I like you. Okay, you can come. And so I went to Zim to serve Billy, and I was carrying around his bags, and man, I was walking around, what, what, what would you like? But guess what? I thought I was going to serve him. <laughs> he wound up serving me. That's just how it works. Man, when you have a heart to serve, <laughs> he said, Tavara, let me show you the life. So we went in, we checked in, uh, we did our security, and we went into uh, the, the airport, and he said to me, hey, let me show you, let me show you the tricks. And so he pulled out his card. I don't know what card it was. And he said, come. He took me to, to the lounge. Man, I didn't know this lounge existed. <laughs> I was used to them silver benches. <laughs> so he took his card out. He said, he, got to the, he said, he's with me. You know, because some of these lounges you can go with too, you know, because he said he's with me. Man, everybody's saluting me. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, I'm used to being shouted at. This is, is this the same airport? Yes, <laughs> he he's with me. And there's food laid out everywhere. And there's food laid out. But the best part was I could sit down with him for two hours and ask questions. He said, ask me anything. Man, I'm asking questions about investments. I'm asking questions about where to put my money. I'm asking questions about, you know, what he thinks is the best decision for ministry going forward. He's literally pouring into me 45 years worth of experience so that I don't go through the same mistakes that he went through. How did I get to position myself there? I call it the uh, proximity principle. How did I get? I went in there not as an opportunistic jack. I went in there as someone who's trying to serve. Amen? Uh, 
And so serving does something, you know, to, to, when it comes to spiritual doors opening up, man, serving does something. Amen? And so this is a pillar that we like to encourage people uh, to get involved in. Uh, uh, you know, at the office, I tell the staff that don't do everything. And I tell our leaders at the back there in the media, I told them recently, I said, man, I want to start seeing the youth get involved in serving. And they say, man, we, we don't know about that because they, you know, some of them like serving so much they can turn that thing into their own little kingdom. You know, you, I'm like, I don't want that. I want everybody serving. I want everybody touching that computer. Everybody must get an opportunity. Because here's the thing is that one day when we move into our own building, is my another fear that I have, is that one day when we move into our own building, you know, it's going to cut serving opportunities by half. Literally, there won't be stuff to do. And you know what that does? It literally stops you from developing and training leaders. Because leaders are trained through serving. And better yet, when you have a big budget, here's the mistake that most pastors make, is that they get frustrated with volunteers and they make a decision. You know what? I'm going to outsource everything. I'll pay for it. I'm going to hire. And they think, you know what? I'm going to get rid of all this headache. But, you know, uh, in the same breath, what they're getting rid of is an opportunity to develop leaders. Because now you start to develop fans. And, you know, just passengers. And, you know, the, 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 the church is not a cruise ship. The church is a, is a battleship. All hands on deck. You know, the way you train people is give them opportunities to serve. And some of you may have seen the kids, you know, the youth getting involved uh, with the projectors at the back. It came straight from me. So before you complain about that, you know, come and talk to me first and it will tell you why. Because they're going to make mistakes. And some of you are going to get annoyed. But we, we aren't going to get annoyed because we know what there is a method to the madness. I told some, I said, hey, with some of these youth, let me tell you, let me show you how I think. With some of these youth, some of them are 12, some of them 13, 14. We only have about three years with them before they go to university. Now the university is wild, wild west. Now, if we can get them to be passionate about the things of Jesus, if we can allow them to make mistakes right in this building, and get passionate about what we're doing here. I don't care what invest, university they go to. They'll be clubbing the night before, but the next day they'll be in church serving. Come on, that's good. So we can try and keep them in church. And so that's what we try. So there's a method to the madness. When you, you're going to see young little eight-year-olds, you know, singing during, don't, don't, don't get nasty now. There's a method to the madness. Amen. We're trying to get, the, the, these, these are the leaders for the next generation. Can I get an amen? And so that's serving. And the fourth one is life groups. We just believe that when you become a part of uh, a life group, uh, you get discipled. But you also get an opportunity to disciple others. You know, the reason we uh, do life groups, the way we do it is because we don't want to put pressure on life group leaders, but we want to give them an opportunity. Man, the way we do life groups has so been simplified. Anybody can you know, disciple others. Anybody can disciple others. You know why we made it that simple? Because Jesus gave it as a great commission to everybody. He didn't say, go and disciple the nations if you are mature. He said, no, if you are a believer, you should be discipling the nations. And the way we do life group has been so simplified. You could be at work busy, you know, with uh, work stuff. When you get at home, when you get back home, you'll be able to just open that devotion and, you know, start facilitating uh, discipleship in the community. And it was 
was intentional. The reason we did it that way, the reason we don't get into numerology and into the deep things that some of you want to get into is because the goal is just discipleship and it is for everybody to be able to disciple people. And that's the vision of Faith Hill Church. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Amen. Amen. Did that bless you? Well, why don't you stand on your feet? We're going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Man, anybody getting fired up already? You're getting passionate about what we're doing here? Yes. That's what we're doing. We're going to change the world. Man, I used to say we're going to change Johannesburg. Forget that. We're going to change the world. Hallelujah. We're going to change this world. The power of the Holy Spirit is here, and we're going to change this world. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, we just thank you for this year, uh, a vision that you have given us uh, to bring the word, that bring transformation uh, to our community. Lord, we just thank you, even for this primary location we are in, Santon. Lord, we just thank you that this word will bring transformation in this community, in Durban, Faith Hill Church, Durban, and in all the other 10 cities that you are going to open doors uh, for us to step into. Lord, we thank you for our broadcasts, uh, internet, uh, podcasts. Lord, we just thank you uh, that it's reaching the world and that uh, we pray that whoever needs to hear it will hear it. And Lord, we thank you for those who have partnered with this vision. Uh, Lord, we just pray a harvest in their direction. We just release an anointing right now of supernatural increase. Lord, we just thank you for supernatural doors of opportunities opening up for them. Father, we just thank you that as you are bringing them from the east, the west, the south, and the north, they're going to come here and find family here. They're going to come here and, 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 and find a place, a refuge, a strong tower, a place where they can uh, 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 be, be a part of the family. Lord, we just thank you for every single person under the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray that you may turn them into an agent of change, an agent of transformation, that wherever they go, they may be influenced. It will flow out of them in the mighty, matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have prayed, and someone said, Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you, this is awesome. This is what God can do for you and to you, he can turn you into an agent of change. I, I don't believe in having a relationship with someone and, and not being able to lead them to the Lord. At one point, you, you're going to be, you, man, you set yourself up to be a part of this crazy bunch. Who was that, Lamech? Was that you, Lamech? Lamech was, was uh, helping shuttle our family for like, what, seven, eight years before he came to church. You know, he was just helping shuttle uh, our family because he runs a shuttle business. And so he would pick up my in-laws from the airport and he would pick up my, my wife for work and drop her off and run, you know, our errands. He would help us pick all these people. That's Lamech over there. Yeah, that's Lamech over there. Amen. And so one, one, one uh, it was a Tuesday afternoon, I bumped into him at, because uh, that thing will hit you, you know, that thing will hit you uh, unawares. You know, I bumped into him at Nando's, Douglas, Nando's, you know, Nando's, it's got to be Nando's, right? Bumped into him at Nando's, at Douglasdale, and uh, he was with his friends there. I, I won't tell you what they were drinking. I'm not, just not going to, you know. <laughs> and he said, hey, pastor, 
I'm coming to church this Sunday. And so he came, never left. <laughs> and he's a blessing. He's a blessing. His family came, and man, it's been, it's been awesome. And I'm telling you, you can become a change agent. I go to the gym at, at CrossFit, you know. I have two guys, three now, three guys that have approached me and said, man, how do I book for church? I'm like, yeah, you're going to come. You're going to come. I can't see, because here's what happens when we meet with the world. Either the world is changing us or we are changing them. There's no neutral thing. And so I believe we are the ones who should change them. And so, uh, I mean, these people, man, just in, from interaction, you don't have to be a religious lunatic about it, just from interaction. Say, man, I want to come to your church. I want to see what y'all do over there. Because there's just something different about you. And I'm telling you, that's all of you. And for some of you, God has called you to be pastors. God has called you uh, to be leaders. And he has brought you to this place. And it's going to get tough, especially for those of you God has called to be pastors. Man, we're going we're gonna to correct you. We're going to tell you, man, that's, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. We're going to tell you, hey, you should love your wife, right? And it's going to get tough. Hey, it's getting quiet in this Catholic church. But we get a little tough with the leaders, with the pastors, uh, than we do with, you know, just anybody. Because we want you to do well. And so don't, don't, don't cry baby on us. Man, just toughen up. And we will work some things out of you and you'll be ready. When the time comes, when the door opens, it won't be an opportunity that will destroy you. It will be an opportunity that will uh, 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 position you for transformation. Amen? Did that bless you? Man, it blesses me. You can tell I'm fired up about this vision. And I'm excited. And we're going to be doing this for the next 300 years. This vision is going to be running, changing lives. Remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.